This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig with details. Welcome to Savor, a production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about deviled eggs. Yes, deviled eggs, which is another thing that's kind of a, a local, regional thing. It, it's perhaps more popular in the South than many other places. Although, as it turns out, people all around the world eat stuffed eggs yes. and have forever. Yeah. This was a surprise to me. It was to me as well. To me as well. Um, my my home that I grew up in, <laughs> uh, big fans of deviled eggs in in my house. Um, and it was always an Easter food, and sometimes sometimes for Christmas. Um, and we would make them out of the dyed Easter eggs. Oh, cute, so pretty. Oh man, yeah. Oh. I usually just have one, but everybody else loved them. <laughs> <laughs> I I like it, but I, I don't recall growing up ever even seeing one until I like went to college. Uh, in in central Florida, as opposed to growing up in like northern Ohio and southern Florida, both of which are very like northern themed <laughs> cultures. Huh. Yeah. Oh, so okay. I I don't know. Like like maybe I am I forgetting family? If you're listening, <laughs> write in and let me know what we ate when I was a child. Like that's the most remember. direct way to contact Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> right into the saver email. <laughs> Honestly, everyone knows I'm bad at responding to text messages. Well. Well, then, yeah, there you go. Most direct <laughs> way. Most direct <laughs> way. I, um, <laughs> me and my, my ex-boyfriend, 
we would email each other like at the beginning of every week, like itinerary. That's how much of like a dorky, listy person I am. Oh my goodness. That's great. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I, you know, I'm on the same page. I just, I start texting and then I forget to send it and then problems ensue. Anyway, we should get to our question. (laughs) We should. Deviled eggs. What are they? Well, a deviled egg is a snack or a side dish or a hors d'oeuvre made out of hard-boiled eggs. You, you boil the egg in its shell until the yolk and the white are both firm, then have them lengthwise. Well, you take the shell off first, I suppose. Then have them lengthwise and uh, gently pop out the yolks. You mash and mix the yolks with a uh, stuff, usually something with a soft gel texture so that the yolks get kind of creamy and more uh, voluminous, and then you spoon or pipe a generous dollop of the yolk mixture back into each egg half, and garnish it if you'd like with herbs, spices, sauces, etc. The result is a savory bite or couple bite snack that's got a, a nice contrast in textures: the soft, creamy yolk and the smooth, bouncy white, and can have just a huge range of flavors depending on what you add to the yolks and and how you garnish it. True story. What most Americans probably think of, though, when you say deviled egg, includes mayo, mustard, salt, pepper, a dash or more of cayenne pepper or hot sauce, Louisiana style, thank you, in the yolk mixture, um, and will be garnished with a sprinkle of paprika and uh, maybe some, like, fresh-cut chives, if you're fancy. That does sound very fancy. Although apparently, in parts of the South, there is debate about the addition of paprika to the top. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, some folks think it is unbearably tacky. I know one of those folks. (laughs) I love this debate. I do, too. It's so funny. I've seen the judgmental stare. (laughs) Like, Like, oh, you think you're better than us (laughs) with your paprika. I love this. It's the color, too. Oh, yeah? It's too much. much? Yeah. Okay. It's over the top, Lauren. All right. I see. Well, Okay. All right. I've heard that a lot of these the, the, the dishes that they're served on are green, so maybe it's yes. maybe it gets too complicated. Okay. Yes. All right. I'm In my to home, see. we have a clear one, but I've the, the green is pretty common. <laughs> um, and yeah, they can be filled with all kinds of things: sriracha, wasabi, crab meat, caviar, pickles, dill, bacon, kimchi. Uh, yeah, filled and or topped. At, oh man, just recipes that I ran across while researching this. And to be fair, I read a lot of recipes, but okay. Chopped celery, chopped onion, chopped garlic, chopped olives, chopped pimentos, chopped bell pepper, pico de gallo, sweet pickle relish, parsley, scallion, tarragon, basil, sesame seeds, curry powder, onion powder, garlic powder, old bay powder, cracker crumbs, lemon zest, lemon juice, pickle brine, Worcestershire sauce, vinegar of various kinds, oil of various kinds, salsa of various kinds, creme fraiche, sour cream, softened butter, chorizo, pancetta, smoked chicken, smoked fish, and on and on and on. Wow. That, wow. (laughs) There's a whole world out there. (laughs) There is. And speaking of, around the world, certain fillings are preferred. Like Mm -hmm. in Hungary, milk-soaked bread and mustard, um, it's sometimes served with french fries. That sounds so good. (laughs) So good. Anchovies and capers are common fillings in Germany. And some places uncomfortable with the name deviled eggs, yeah. like churches, yeah. per se. Some, some Bible Belt areas, sure. <laughs> yes, uh, use different names, like stuffed eggs, mimosa eggs. I think that's popular in France. And it's after the resemblance to the tree, salad eggs, casino eggs, angel eggs, dressed eggs. Begone, deviled eggs. <laughs> A popular variation in some European countries is Russian eggs. 
halved boiled eggs stuffed with vegetable salad, mayo, parsley, and tomato. The name is not because it comes from Russia. That would be too obvious. <laughs> uh, no, it's because it's typically served on top of what is sometimes called a Russian salad or a Macedonia salad. Ah. Yeah. Clearly. Clearly. Uh, Nutrition-wise, okay, as y'all might have gathered from pop science journalism, eggs are a little bit of a, of a, of a mystery still in, in terms of how good or bad they are for you. A nutritional curiosity, you might say, because, yes, uh, they they are a good source of protein. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're inexpensive. That's lovely. They have a lot of cholesterol. So I think the most current research that I've seen, which just came out in this March of 2019, is that you shouldn't eat more than four eggs a week. Oh, wow. Really? Huh. If you're worried about cholesterol. Oh. But— I mean, I don't know. It's the, these dietary research is really difficult to to control for because people eat a lot of different stuff. Yeah, and their their energy levels and exercise levels and metabolism and all this other stuff goes into it. So it's complex. Right. And before we started recording, we were talking about you know you need to look at where the funding is coming from. Oh yeah, for a lot of science. Yeah, if like the Egg Council has funded the research, <laughs> mm-hmm. then uh, it's not to say that yeah it's biased, but it might totally be biased. Yes, it might totally be. And we we talked before about, yeah, it, it was for a long time, eggs were regarded as um, not good for you. And some of that had to do with, was th- it sugar? I think the sugar versus fat. Debate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and now it's like, but protein. So, yes, <laughs> science is still thinking about this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, ev- everything in moderation. Yeah. Especially moderation. As Julia Child once said. Yes. And the I, I mean, all these toppings and your filling will impact that as well. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. It, it should probably go without saying, but I'll go ahead and say it, that once you've started adding mayo <laughs> into your your food, that's not your health choice. That's for funsies. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I personally don't know anybody who's eating deviled eggs like every day or <laughs> once a week. It feels like it's a very specifically kind of holiday thing. Yeah. So I doubt too many of you have to wrestle with this. And we an egg episode is forthcoming. Um, speaking oh, of something yeah. else, though, that is hard to come by, numbers. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, surprisingly, there aren't a lot of <laughs> data points around how many devil eggs are getting eaten here. <laughs> but they are a big hit at the 4th of July and Thanksgiving. I found an article that said 16,000 people searched allrecipes.com for deviled eggs recipes the night before Thanksgiving. Um, very big around Christmas. Big at derby parties in Kentucky. Okay. Um, there's a fun Halloween recipe for Eye of Newt, uh, where the yolk <laughs> is dyed green. There's black olives as the pupils, and then red paprika veins. Oh, cute. Yeah, I loved that stuff. <laughs> well, what am I kidding? I love that still. <laughs> uh, I've read that for lots of families, they are, yes, a must-have at Easter's. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it sounds like they are at your house. Um, at picnics and at wakes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. In the U.S., you are most likely to find them in the Midwest and the South. And, yeah, my mom does have one of those special dishes for serving them. With the little divots so that the eggs yeah. don't roll around. Yeah. I just hadn't really thought about it until doing the research for this episode, but I kind of love strange curiosity dishes like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you use it, what, twice, three times a year maybe we do. But. You've got to have one. But, yeah, you have to. 
otherwise. Goodness. They'll just be they'll sliding They'll poly everywhere. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh. Um, it is also a popular part of the Easter smorgasbord in Sweden. In this rendition, the yolk is mixed with caviar, sour cream, cream cheese, maybe onion, then served with parsley and dill. And sometimes you'll get pickled herring or anchovy on the side. Ooh, that's, oh, that sounds terrific. It does. It does. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's get into the history while I deal with this craving. Um, uh, but first, let's get into a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So as we were alluding to, deviled eggs are actually... Pretty old. Quite old. (laughs) Yeah. They go all the way back to ancient Rome when typically wealthy folks would boil eggs and then season them with spices, and it was served as a first course. The practice of having an egg at the beginning of a meal was so common that there's a saying out of ancient Rome that translated to eggs to apples, a.k.a. from beginning to end. Oh, wow. Like uh, soup to nuts. Exactly. Huh. Eggs to apples. Like Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. 
Boiling eggs happened pretty quickly after the domestication of chickens in Europe, um, and so did using eggs as a binder and things. Yeah, future episode for sure. Yes. There's a lot there. Right. I, I almost went on a whole thing, and then I had to— Nope, nope. Egg, different episode. <laughs> Satyricon, written in 61 CE, included a reference to stuffed and seasoned eggs. And the Epicurus, that collection of recipes out of the 4th and 5th century CE in Rome— mentioned boiled eggs that were seasoned with broth, oil, or wine, and then served with pepper. It also mentioned boiled eggs seasoned with pine nuts, honey, vinegar, broth, and pepper. Hmm. By the 13th century, stuffed eggs started popping up in Spain. A cookbook from the time came with a recipe that called for mixing boiled egg yolks with cilantro, onion juice, coriander, pepper, a fermented sauce, salt, and oil, then stuffed in hollowed-out boiled egg whites. Huh, uh, yeah, the, the, which sounds, A, delicious, yeah. and, and B, so close to what we consider deviled eggs today. Mm-hmm. Um, the recipe ends in translation, insert a small stick into each egg and sprinkle them with pepper, God willing. God willing. The, the the book it comes from was Arabic language, and the recipe might have come to Spain by way of Morocco. And, and a lot of the recipes ended with God willing, which I just find very charming. Um, I do, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, l- look up the Anonymous Andalusian cookbook if you are curious about this and other stuff from that time. It's it's really, well, definitely that's another episode thing of, of the way that these Arabic uh, foods and and recipes were starting to mix up into Europe around this time. Yeah, and I almost went on a—I'll admit it, I did. I went on a <laughs> tangent about toothpicks Oh, because I thought that was so interesting. <laughs> hey, they've been around for a while, toothpicks. Oh, man, okay. We're giving ourselves lots of extra homework. I, I like it. I've been doing that a lot lately, getting sidetracked from what I actually <laughs> should be researching with something else. But in this episode, we're talking about deviled eggs. Over the next two centuries, stuffed eggs spread across the rest of Europe from Spain. Cookbooks from the time had recipes for eggs stuffed with all kinds of things, like raisins, fresh and aged cheeses, herbs like mint and parsley. Sometimes they were fried and then topped with cinnamon, raisins, cloves, ginger, powdered sugar, and or tart juice and served hot. Some of these were very fancy with all those posh spices. Uh, saffron often popped up, too, as in a Dutch recipe from 1514 from a book, uh, the name of which is translated as a noble cookery book. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. uh, yeah, saffron along with um, uh, cinnamon, sugar, sage, parsley, pepper, and apples. Um, then you would roll the, the, the whole half egg stuffed with the stuff in egg white and then pan fry it um, in butter or oil and uh, sprinkle it with more cinnamon and sugar for serving. They were called split nuns, um, perhaps because the, like, golden brown of the the fried, of the lightly fried yolk mixture surrounded by the egg white reminded people of, like, a nun's face wearing her habit, her white habit. I love this. All this, we got deviled eggs, we got the split nuns. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and these are sweeter too, right? Or... Potentially, they would be. Yeah, yeah, definitely going with that savory, sweet combination that was quite popular through a lot of uh, medieval times. But yeah, um, in general, they were quite popular, stuffed eggs. Yes. Take this quote from Food and Drink in Britain. By the later 16th century, the boiling of eggs in their shells and water had become a common practice. Prepared thus, they were more digestible than roasted eggs, but less so than poached eggs, which always earned the highest praise from the medical men. <laughs> Okay. All right. Poached eggs. Okay. Yeah. Um, Or this from a 1596 cookbook out of London. 
Take eight or ten eggs and boil them hard. Peel off the shells and cut every egg in the middle. Then out the yolks. Make your farcing stuff as you do for flesh. Saving only you must put butter into it instead of suet. And that a little. So done, fill your eggs where the yolks were and then bring them and seed them a little. And so serve them to the table. <laughs> we need to have dramatic readings of oh. recipes. Oh. Old recipes. Yeah, sure, sure. That one that um, we had, oh, goodness, have Justin do from the oh, mead, right. mead, meadery Justin. Yeah. Oh, we, there, we did a video on honey, y'all. If you haven't watched it, there's a whole segment where we're at Ren Fair very early in the morning, and this nice gentleman has brought us like 12 meads to taste. Mm-hmm. And we're not using a spit bucket because we're professionals. Yes. And he does a reading for us, a dramatic reading of a medieval mead recipe. It was pretty excellent. We need, we could get a whole thing going. We could. Oh, look up that video, y'all. I'm still super proud of that one. Me too. Me too. Food stuff honey. Yeah. Food stuff honey. Um, oh, and we have one more recipe for oh. you. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. See their eggs almost hard and peel them and cut them in quarters. Then take a little butter in a frying pan and melt it a little brown, and then put it in the pan, a little vinegar, mustard, pepper, and salt, then put it onto the platter upon your eggs. Yeah. I just love, if I stumbled over that a little bit, it's because of all the, the E's and the spellings. I'm not oh, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the frying pan is P-A-N-N-E. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. It is, it is. When it comes to the name, the first known use of devil as a food term came out of 1786 Britain to describe foods that were hot or highly seasoned and either broiled or fried, which is primarily meats at first. Mm -hmm. By the 1800s, we start to see the use of deviling as a verb to describe making a food spicy. When the term made its way to the U.S., it generally referred to spicy foods, which the first deviled eggs in the country typically were. They were the spicy From the Oxford English Dictionary, quote, the term was presumably adopted because of the connection between the devil and the excessive heat in hell. (laughs) The excessive heat, I like. (laughs) Yeah, not normal heat. It's it's a little excessive. (laughs) A little over the top hell. (laughs) If you're wondering, because I was, the devil and devil's food cake most likely is a reference to its sinful nature. Or because it used to be red, like the devil in the flames of hell. Ah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Similar recipes of these stuffed eggs that we've been talking about out of Europe made their way to the U.S. by the 19th century. In 1868, we get the Underwood deviled ham. I have never heard of this um, until doing this research. If you didn't know, it's ground and spiced ham, and sometimes it was called the Underwood devil, which I love. Okay. By 1895... The company behind this advertised their product with a little red devil, which is the oldest existing trademark in the U.S. that's still in use. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Fascinating. Mm Mm-hmm. 1896's Boston Cooking School Cookbook is one of the first instances to use mayonnaise in the filling as a Mm -hmm. binder. Mm -hmm. But that did not really take off until the 1940s. And the more I think about it, it does... This whole thing feels like a very 40s, 50s. Yeah, and I guess that lines up with when mayo started to be commonly mass-produced. Right. And like, so people were buying jarred mayo, so exactly without having, having to, to make, make it. it. Sure. Yep. Um, apparently the plates were very popular wedding gifts in the South all the way through the 1980s, and they are still handed down. You know, you got your fancy colored glass or, or painted ceramics. Yeah. I suspect ours is kind of cheap. <laughs> 
that doesn't, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's again, effective. you use it like three times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, the popularity of chicken in the American South may have been why deviled eggs became such a popular dish here. Uh, you know, folks raising uh, fryer or broiler chickens would have had just an abundance of eggs, especially um, in the spring and then again in the summer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one one story I ran across. Um, so when when Jimmy Carter was running for president for the first time, um, one of his fundraising events was a potluck. Donors paid five thousand dollars a head, um, and he raised a million bucks. The menu included ham, roast beef, fried chicken, potato salad, and deviled eggs. These deviled eggs were made, hundreds of them, by one Jan Williams, a woman who brought, and still, from what I understand to this day, uh, brings them to Carter's church, uh, Maranatha Baptist, and which he particularly enjoys. Oh. Um, That story, by the way, is from Southern Foodway's collection of a whole lot of amazing memories from folks um, for a extensive, extensive deviled egg feature and, and contest, like writing contest, in 2004. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I think, <laughs> as as people might remember from the mayo episode, I really don't like mayo. Um, <laughs> and so my mom used to, um, one of the three times she made them a year, she would do it mostly with mustard. Okay. Uh-huh. And she would do it like the potato salad and the deviled eggs. And I think it was easier to just kind of use the same base in both sure. of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other two times, because everyone else preferred the mayo <laughs> version, she would make those and then... I kind of just didn't have it in me to fight it anymore. <laughs> oh. oh. So, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. I'm outvoted. I can appreciate when I'm outvoted. Oh, yeah. That is th- that is true. That's okay. <laughs> we all have our times. Yeah, you got to pick your battles, especially when it comes to food in my family. <laughs> I'm getting that idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that brings us to about the present mm-hmm. and to our science segment. Yes. But first, it brings us to one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressings, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. 
Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, uh, if all of this talk about deviled eggs has given you a savor craving, a saving, a savor craver? A savor craver? That sounds like a coupon. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll work on it. Um, Mm. If you you want to make some of these deviled eggs at home, science does have a few tips for achieving a hard-boiled egg that peels cleanly, has a, a crumbly, moist yolk and a firm but tender white, and uh, no, none of that weird sulfur smell or greenish tinge around the yolk. Ooh, this is exciting. Yes. Okay. All right. This is a shockingly long section, you guys. Just <laughs> buckle in because I could not believe exactly how much. Okay. All right. Eggs are great. Eggs are really cool. Um, first, you're going to want to plan ahead. You don't want to use super fresh eggs. Um, eggs that are a couple weeks old will peel more easily than fresh eggs because they they become slightly more alkaline as they age and start slipping off of the shell, of, of the membrane that's right inside the shell. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, you want to look for eggs that are a little bit closer to their expiration date at the store. Or just, you know, buy some and keep them around for a couple weeks. Either or. Either or. And when we talk about hard boiling an egg, we're talking about Convincing the proteins in the egg to, to fold up with each other in particular ways. Your, your goal is to set the eggs quickly and thoroughly so that the proteins in the white bond with each other instead of with that shell membrane, but also gently enough that you don't wind up with, with those off textures and off flavors. First, the white versus the shell membrane part. All right. Think of the way that uh, a chicken breast or whatever protein you might be cooking will sort of like bundle and shrink up into itself when you put it down on a hot pan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you put that same protein in a cool pan and heat it up slowly, it would stay spread out and might even stick to the pan a little bit more. Now, the cooking surface of your hard-boiled egg is its shell. Um, so you want to get the surface hot immediately so that the proteins in the white will bundle and shrink up into itself which means putting your eggs into water at a high boil. But if you keep your eggs at a high boil, they're going to run screaming past set straight into overcooked. So after about 30 seconds, you'll want to turn the heat down to a low simmer and continue cooking for about 11 minutes, which is the length of time at which you boil eggs for a hard boil. Um, And that will give the egg enough time to firm up, but stop short of going all stiff. Or... Instead of mucking about with boils versus simmers, you can also accomplish this by steaming your eggs to temperature instead of boiling on a rack or a steamer basket above boiling water. It'll still provide the shock of initial heat, but because steam is way less dense than water, cooking with steam is more gentle than boiling because you have less direct heat transfer. 
Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Never thought about doing that. Yeah, apparently highly recommended. Oh, and while we're talking about alternate cooking methods, pressure cooking, not recommended, uh, too intense. Oven cooking, too variable. But sous vide is a good option. And I'm not just saying that because of that one time that Chef Steps sponsored us, although I do really like my jewel. It's nice. It's really good for cooking eggs in their shells, too. You just plop them in the water bath. So oh, I easy. I tried that. Oh, my goodness. sous vide makes the best soft egg. It You can just leave it go forever, and it's so creamy. Oh, wow. This is probably way better than any of the ads we read for Chef Steps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's really it's really incredible. If y'all ever have the chance to play around with a sous vide machine, eggs, simple, terrific. Yeah. Okay, we'll do. Okay, back to you have done cooked some eggs. Done in, did it. Perfect. In whichever of these methods you have chosen. Mm-hmm. Now, to avoid overcooking, it does help to cool your eggs down fast after they reach the right temperature, the right set. Otherwise, they will keep cooking in the shell from the residual heat. And this means that you should prepare an ice bath while the eggs are cooking. Um, When your timer goes off, put them straight into the ice bath to cool down. Mm -hmm. Let's say, though, Uh uh, that you've fudged something up and the eggs have overcooked, turning the the whites rubbery and the yolks all chalky with that distinct whiff of sulfur like brimstone. Deviled eggs. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on there? I don't know. Well... A few chemical reactions that you don't want happen when you get an egg too hot. For the white, up to about um, 180 degrees Fahrenheit, that's about 82 degrees Celsius, the heat will make the proteins in the white first unfurl from their original state and then cross-link with each other and then fold up again more firmly than before. But when you go over that temperature, 180 Fahrenheit, 82 Celsius, you're, you're really just overcoiling the proteins, and that's what's going to give you that rubbery texture in the white. And also above that temperature, sulfur and hydrogen in the white will react and form hydrogen sulfide, creating that rotting egg smell. For the yolk, up to about 170 Fahrenheit or 77 Celsius, the proteins are, yeah, uh, unfurling and then linking up and setting up. Though the extra fats and different kinds of proteins that are at hand will uh, go crumbly or grainy instead of rubbery if you go above that temperature. And, oh, this one's fun. So that that hydrogen sulfide that's forming in the white will, uh, in turn, react with iron that's present in the yolk, creating ferrous sulfide and turning the surface of the yolk that gray-green color. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, oh, okay, By, by the way, like, side note, this process of the proteins unfolding and then clumping is very similar to the process that happens in milk when you curdle it to make cheese. You're, you're breaking up globules that have uh, hydrophilic bits on the outside that grab onto waters um, and th- that are encasing hydrophobic bits, which when you break up the globules, those hydrophobic bits will clump together mm-hmm. <laughs> when they're exposed. Which means, another troubleshooting thing, um, that if you're finding that your eggs are cracking during boiling and, yeah. and leaking out like a whole bunch of white— you can help stop that by adding um, salt and or vinegar to the boil water. Yep. Because if a crack develops, um, when the white hits the treated water, the, the acid or salt will, will change the charge of some of the molecules, helping the globules break up faster and thus clump faster. It's sort of like cauterizing a wound. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm feeling like embarrassingly proud of myself because I, I do a lot of this stuff and I didn't know why. Oh, but hey. Hey. Oh, okay. Okay. Here's here's another one. Okay. All right. According to J. Kenji Lopez-Alt, a.k.a. my very favorite food science writer, um, that ice water bath that I mentioned a minute ago um, probably also helps solve another cosmetic problem with hard-boiled eggs. Have you ever cracked open a hard-boiled egg um, to find that there's like a, a flat or, or maybe slightly concave dimple? that forms at the wide end of the egg? Mm-hmm. Okay. We, we know, humanity knows, that this is caused by an, an air pocket that often naturally exists at an egg's wide base, especially as the egg starts getting older, like you want to use for hard-boiling your eggs. Right. Okay. One common fix for this is pricking the base with a pin before you boil the egg, but that can let in boiling water, which creates weird craters in the finished egg. But... Okay, Lopez-Alt thinks, and I agree that this is reasonable, that what happens when that dimple forms is that um, the air pocket at the bottom of the egg is, is filling with steam as the egg cooks. And if you let the cooked eggs cool at room temperature, you're letting that steam and the egg white both cool slowly. Um, the steam will eventually solidify into like a tiny little volume of water, and uh, an air will get sucked in through the shell to fill the space. Meanwhile, that the white is slowly solidifying uh, from a gel into a solid with a dimple where that air is. Mm-hmm. But if you dump the egg into an ice bath, the steam will hit its condensation point pretty immediately and create a sort of vacuum that pulls the still hot white down into the bottom of the base and creates a perfectly round egg. Huh. That's the working hypothesis anyway. Oh, man, so much fascinating egg science. Yeah. Oh, a um, couple more points, um, uh, uh, troubleshooting kind of things. When you go to peel your cooled eggs, you should let them rest in that bath at least 15 minutes, but you can let them go like overnight if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, peeling them under running water can help. Probably it helps like gently floosh the membrane away in any places where it's thinking about sticking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Floosh is the technical yes, science term. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, you can boil the eggs and even make the filling a day or two ahead of time and then stuff them on the day of serving. And, yeah, if you don't have one of those fancy or unfancy dishes with the divots for each little egg half, uh, consider serving them on a bed of greens like kale or iceberg lettuce. That'll help them keep from rolling around. Or if you're Trixie, you can take take a thin slice off the bottom, the rounded bottom of each egg half before you fill them up so they've got a flat surface to sit on. Hey. Yeah. Okay. I think it might be cheating, but I don't know. I This can go up there in the debate about, about whether or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not going to tell you how to how to do your deviled eggs. These no. are merely suggestions. Yes. I need to get my mom to listen to this because <laughs> of all the things that I, I've complained about that she kind of has convinced me to do over the years, she hates boiling eggs. Oh, yeah. And I usually do it for oh. her. Um, huh. Yeah, she, she's. They never turn out. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, no that that little that little lining on the yolk or like a really like dry crumbly yolk is so disappointing. Yeah, yeah. Huh. <laughs> this also reminds me of the fantastic video game, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Video game, How mm-hmm. the Grinch Stole. Cri- I I'm unaware of that for video game. The PlayStation Two. Okay. If you're wondering how they can make a whole video game out of. <laughs> Not great uh, Grinch movie and an excellent cartoon and book. Um, well, it's confusing. 
And you spend, <laughs> you spend much of the game as the villain. And, in fact, I, tr- I texted my brother this Christmas and was like, do you remember how the game ends? Do you ever, like, redeem yourself? And he's like, no, you just kind of steal stuff. Oh. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> but your weapon of choice was this, like, rotten egg Oh, like cannon? Okay. Yeah, you'd shoot rotten eggs at people and they'd run away. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't good, and yet I played it. Oh, like a lot. lot. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I feel you. There was a game for the Super Nintendo uh, that was based on a very short-lived cartoon series called Family Dog. And it was incredibly frustrating and just not very well done. And I played that game. I was convinced. I was convinced that if I got good enough, uh-huh. I could defeat yeah. the like fam this yeah. Point of pride. Yeah. I could never I could never break out of the the um uh pound. Is that early in the game or like did it's you like make the, it I feel like it's like quarter, third of third of the way, midway maybe. I'm not sure. Ooh. I never I never like read any game facts about it so maybe maybe that's maybe that's the homework i'm giving myself for after this episode yeah you should you should i've been using game facts recently and you know it's been a lot of good memories coming back uh that's the only way i get through any of the silent hill games that's what i'm playing right now oh heck yeah i'm on three. <laughs> oh man oh geez Oof, that's I took a heavy a, one. I took a riddle to the bar, and I got everybody at the bar involved in solving it. It was the best thing. Oh. We solved that riddle. You did? Yes. Oh, good. Oh, that's so good. Good for you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but this brings us to... Listener Mail. <laughs> Sarah wrote, so I just heard you guys say ice sculptures are tangentially related to food stuff, and that can be true, but sometimes ice can be a total food item. I live in Fairbanks, Alaska, and here we have a natural hot spring called China Hot Springs Resort. At this resort is an ice museum with great and fun sculptures made by talented artists. What? They also make ice martini glasses and have a bar. If you are of age, you may order a stiff drink served in an ice glass. My best friend chewed hers up after her drink. <laughs> you can also sleep on an ice bed covered by a caribou skin. If you can't get through the night, they offer a regular <laughs> hotel room. Well, sort of, it's a rural hotel for sure. <laughs> you guys should come and try it sometime. The spring itself is my personal favorite place on the planet. You can freeze your hair into spikes and be hot <laughs> at the same time if you go when it's negative 20 degrees. No windshield either. It's just that cold sometimes. Oh, heck. Oof. Challenge accepted. Yeah. I mean, I'm cold in the studio now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've I've definitely um uh, one of my one of my aunts and uncles have a jacuzzi type object uh outside and they live in upstate New York. So I've had the experience of being in a jacuzzi while uh like it's snowing actively and my hair is icicling. Oh man. It's um it's a combination of sensations. I like that descriptor because it's very <laughs> unclear as to positive or negative. It leaves a lot open to interpretation. It's uh, it, I would imagine it's not for everyone. It was yeah. it was for me for a short period of time, and then I wanted to go inside. <laughs> um, anyway, yes, uh, Aaron wrote. While working on researching my family history recently, I came across this ad in a newspaper from Appleton, Wisconsin, from 1915. I think I cut off the date. 
The ad says, pure yeast, easy to take. The great health-building properties of yeast can now be secured in tablets that contain no drugs. They do not cause gas. They are tested to ensure high and uniform strength. What yeast foam tablets are for? Malnutrition, rundown condition, loss of appetite, indigestion, pimples, boils, stimulating growth in children. You can send for a free sample. That's a 25-cent value, folks. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, and it's and the, the ad has a, has a picture of, of, a, of a very satisfied lady. Yes, and it says, yeast foam tablets, a tonic food underneath. <gasps> oh, I missed that part. Oh, that's great. Erin um, continued, bacteria poop. <laughs> I instantly thought of your nutritional yeast episode and thought you might get a kick out of the advertisement. In other news, on the same page, you'll be happy to know that though the cheese factory was destroyed, they were able to save the week's stock of cheese. Uh, yeah, headline is cheese factory is destroyed by fire on Sunday. Flames start in boiler room. Week's stock of cheese is saved. And heck yeah. <laughs> Neighbors rushed to the fire and saved the week's stock of cheese, but were unable to save the household goods. Oh, oh, sad. Well, no. At least the cheese was... At least the cheese. <laughs> those people had p- good priorities. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> oh, and she and Aaron wrote hashtag priorities. <laughs> she knows what's up. She does. The importance of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to both of them for writing into us. If you'd like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at... Saver Pod. We do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. Thank you, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. Roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.